Welcome to the Dickhead Walrus Party, episode 173. <laughs> he rose to the occasion. Did you hear that? I think you're all, you're all sounding pretty choppy tonight, except for Jason, which is odd. Oh, Chris is pretty choppy. David's. That was kind of fun, though, towards the end. Yeah, because I wasn't there. It was awesome. <laughs> that was kind of hot. Good time. Poor I David. I fucking way to drag you down. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> the anchor. David A. Price. You know this. Concrete shoes. There you go. What was that? Sounds like somebody's closing a door. No, I'm sorry. I, I, was putting my, I was putting my mute on so I could clear my throat. Ah, my throat. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> to the break of dawn. Hey, everybody! Look at this once again. Dickhead Wallace party episode. What? No, it's not. See if you were on our forum, forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com, right? And www.11o'clockcomics.com. You would know what Dickhead Wallace party means, but it's really eleven o'clock comics, and this is episode one hundred seventy-three. Wow. And I, yes, not. And I am Vince B, who is going to irritate the shit out of Neesman tonight. Nice! Because... There you go. Uh, writing, writing notes. Haha. <laughs> writing notes for this week. My notes have footnotes. I actually put footnotes in my notes. And your little feet on them? No. And for my segment, we're going to paint my room, and we're going to listen to it dry. Nice. Are you equating my talking with paint drying? No! No, no, oh I would Oh my never goodness. Do that. Well, I think you did. You just not man enough to say it. But go ahead. <laughs> you know I love you. And yes, I'm Christopher Neesman. And and I'm I'm David Price. Hi. Hi. I I'm because I'm Rick Rawls, bitches. Uh you know, I don't even want to joke with you this week because I feel like you need some hugging, some loving. He does need some hugging, yeah, yeah. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. <laughs> I saw the most awesome. I, every day I'm hustling. You're Jason Wood. What? The, the most awesome tattoo ever. It was, did you see this online? It was a tattoo of a unicorn with like, um, like shooting stars and like rainbows and stuff. And at the bottom it says, every day I'm hustling. That, is, <laughs> that needs to go on Jason's other side of his ribcage. On his cheek. No, you're oh. not. I forgot who you say you were, but you're not. You're Jason Wood, everybody. And, uh, oh. This downward dead cat bounce has been brought to you by <laughs> this. Wow. Sorry, discount comic books. Just stop me right in my stomach, right there. DCB. my internal work. DCBService.com, where you, the uh, if you want to invest 
in comic books. There's oh no God. there's no better place to do it than discount comic book service. Because let me tell you, oh, they have the absolute lowest prices out there. Taking a little uh, listen to this, you can get the upcoming Shade miniseries. I think it's a miniseries from DC. The first issue is half off, $1.49. You can also get the second volume in Craig Yo's Chilling Archives of the Horror Comics, this time focusing on the great and extremely underrated and underappreciated Bob Powell. Uh, it's a hardcover. You get it for 35% off. Only costs you $14.29. Incredible Hulk number one from that Jason Aaron chap and Mr. Silvestri, $1.99. That's half off. And for Jason, um, 35% off, because I think he's going to need it, the uh, Jack Davis Drawing American Pop Culture hardcover. Yes. It's only $32.49. You know this. Get it. Wallywood well, Wall, Artist Edition. Yeah, there's a bit of controversy about that. I, I don't Wait, think. By the way, rumor has it the latest episode of AC. Yeah. Sal mentions that Frank Rosetta didn't do enough comics work to warrant an artist edition. Oh, but um, yeah. well, that this, I don't know. That that's such a <laughs> that's a hard thing because he's obviously much more well known for his painted work, and I think that people, the market out there, is much more for his painted work and his cover work Sa believe me sal knows his frank frazetta i i think he was he was kind of talking and i'm probably speaking for sal which he fucking hates but <laughs> i don't blame him <laughs> he was probably uh referring to like signature work that sequential work of frazetta's that people would would want well gotcha. they, they could always dip into the the little abner frazetta ghosted little abner yeah. for a, a long yeah. time yeah for a long but, time Right, but um, and to uh, hit a little ball to one of our friends, you can get well. It's a fairly big ball. You can get uh, Dave Wachter that uh, Hellbound Train. It's finally oh, yeah. being collected. Thirty-five percent off from IDW. Eleven dollars and sixty-nine cents, and it's pretty. So there you go. Discount comic book service. DCBService.com. Nobody undersells them. Their prices are what. Insane. That's right. In the membrane. Wumba. So there you go. Wumba. There you go. They Christopher. Go dawn. They, they go on and on to the break of dawn. <laughs> Thank hey, you. I got. I've got. I've got a couple things before we get into this that I absolutely positively wanted to uh, mention before I forget. Do it. Okay. Number one to all of our listeners in the UK. I hope that your houses and/or store and neighborhood isn't on fire. And you have yeah. Been, no, that is very true. So, yeah, that would be real, good. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So because we have we have a lot a lot of forum peeps and, yeah. and folks that listen to the show that that are in the UK. So um, you know, thoughts and prayers going out to you. It's right. some yeah. crazy yeah. ass shit our, out there. Our most burden in the rest of the group. Our yeah. most vocal and loyal forumites yeah, and listeners sure. are yeah. are from the UK. They yeah, just right. there's something about the United Kingdom and us that we just click. Yep. So, yeah, and it's nuts. Hey, we have something really important we want to talk about, but while we're waiting for you to listen to us, we're going to steal TVs and burn houses down. Like, the message gets kind of lost when you're doing shit like yeah. that. Yeah, you know? exactly. exactly. Whatever. Yeah, well, but, yeah, stay yeah. safe, people. Yeah, so, yeah definitely. So, um, and, think, and one, of my, one of my best friends who is, is, is from London, his brother is, is a police officer over there. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk Bobby. with uh, 
my my buddy my buddy Neil and uh, make sure his family's okay. Uh, second thing is uh, this is uh, Wizard World Chicago weekend, is and it really? uh, yes, I know. Oh. Uh, even <laughs> if you are not uh, heading out to the convention this weekend, but you want to get an awesome comic book fix, uh, Challengers has their Eduardo Rizzo gallery opening on this Friday, and Rizzo, Brian Azzarillo, and Dave Johnson will all be there uh, at 7 o'clock this Friday. It's a lot of fucking yeah. talent in that room, man. Isn't it? Yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm I'm giddy. I uh, I dropped by tonight, and uh, and I, I told him that if I if I mentioned it on the show, would they let me stick my head into the into the rogues gallery? And uh, from from what I saw in there, there's uh, there's some really nice stuff. There's some shut up, Vince. Uh, there's uh, <clears throat> there's some great hundred bullets pages. Uh, the uh, Flashpoint Batman. Uh, st- uh, the recent and stuff. Some hundred bullets, there. yeah. yeah it's, it's concentrated on the hundred bullets stuff. Oh, I know the hundred bullets stuff. So nice, but a lot of that. It, there's some really nice pages there, but that series has either been really picked over, or there are complete issues that are being held back. So <laughs> yeah, he sells really, complete yeah. issues. Yeah, a bunch of them are just held first. Yeah. Oh, but uh, yeah, there's some there's some gorgeous stuff in there, uh, and some early early Rizzo stuff. So it's a it's a nice uh, nice cross section. Vampire boy. That's what I was just gonna say. But, yeah. Let yeah. me know if they have any Vampire Boy. I would buy definitely buy a page of that. I, I will I will ask him if that stuff is available. I didn't see any there. Yeah. But uh, so anyway, that's at Challengers this Friday, and uh, and I'll be heading out to Rosemont on uh, part of the day on Saturday. So if you're if you're out there and you see me running around Artist Alley or trying to meet a D-list celebrity, say hi. Well, he's not D-list. It's I his, know, it, it's, I said it's, his son. it's his son yeah, who yeah, well, his son will be D-list, but yeah, yeah. Well, she yeah. was in an episode, but still, he was in an episode. And the I mean, last Patrick thing that Stewart's I, son is going to be at the convention. Yes. Yeah. They, yeah. He. Is he uh, bald too? I don't think so. It might be now. He wasn't in that. What's one his episode. claim to fame, though? He was in an episode of Next Generation. Episode with his father. Yeah. That warrants getting into Wizard World. I guess. Sure. Wizard World. We were at Wizard. Wow, that's the hotness, huh? <laughs> <laughs> For the first time ever, they have all of the children from Willy Wonka. No, and five. Yeah. Was it just five? It's yeah. Five of the original. As yeah, in the original, yeah. as in like yeah, the Gene Wilder yeah. movie. Yeah. Oh my! So it's that's really, worth it right what, there. Yeah, if you want to meet the 50-year-old uh, Veruca Salt, she's going to be there. <laughs> hey, I like the band names after her. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, they, they had a good song or two. Chicago band, by the way. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> they were. They're from Chicago, and they had a couple of good songs. Of and course I they did. And drink in the night, Chris. They are. Um, uh, and I have a thank you. Oh, I do, too. Yes, you do. Um, uh, Jim Nelson. Uh, Jim N. from what? the forums. <laughs> Hey, Tim, fuck yourself. Thanks for sending me something. <laughs> I didn't get anything from you. I know. Maybe it's still in the mail. I, I, I don't really think that if you don't have enough to give everyone, don't give anything applies. When, when oh, you know. God. Listen, oh, I get a gift every Oh no, gosh. I'm sticking up for him. I'm I'm just saying they don't have to provide for all of us. That's not the- yeah. Jim, Jim Jim N on the forum is Jim Nelson, right? Mm-hmm. I got my right the correct gems. Um, and Vince will love this. He uh, dropped off at Dark Tower for me a uh, uh, copy of the Creepy Ar- Archives Volume Two. Ah, excellent! Now you got to finish oh, the series. Yeah, Keep going. And uh, well, I've got one, two, and five now in the excellent. first year. 
Excellent. Uh, but he also uh, dropped off a paperback copy of Three Nights in August, which is uh, uh, a great Buzz Bissinger book about uh, Tony La Russa and the St. Louis Cardinals. And uh, so thank you very much. I, I appreciate it. It was Baseball. very, 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 very yeah. pleasant surprise. All right, I got two thank yous. Of course you do. Yes, I do. First one <sighs> is is from – now, you know, this is just in the, in the wake of your – gifts because it's from jim b remember uh, uh yeah uh he he sent me two comics right up my alley i uh, he guessed correctly i did have one he sent me eric powell's satan sodomy baby from from dark horse already had that so i I do appreciate it and i'm going like he said i will re-gift it to someone but he also sent me lisa hannawalt's i want you number two which i did not have and he he knows uh, and he says, first, I owe you a tremendous thank you in boldface for introducing me to the genius of Lisa Hanawalt. That she is. Her weird, wondrous work makes me so happy, even the stuff that should disturb me. If, yeah, if God not. God damn it, it was Jim B. It wasn't Jim N. So screw ah. Jim, B. Jim B. Hilarious. Oh, there you go. So Jim B. Awesome. Jim, if, so Jim B. Must, must live in Chicago. Doesn't everyone? Um, no, if, 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 lives in, um, or if Ruka Salt lives in like, South Carolina. <laughs> oh, yeah, it all comes back to Chicago. And Ruka Salt, obviously. Um, no, if, I, I saw Jim. I thought it was Jim N. And I'm just giving Jim crap. I'll see him at Wizard this weekend. But it's from Jim B. So, Jim, I'm so sorry. It's, uh, thank there you. we go. Right. Now so we're, we're, we're giving a Jim B. a group hug this time. Uh, if if not, he says... If not for me, I would not have. I would have no idea that this woman existed, and my life would be just a little poorer. Hopefully, you have not yet bought her latest. I want you number two. I did not, and this will be the first new Hannah Walt you've seen uh, art you've seen in a while. I love Lisa Hannah Walt. If if you're on the Twitter thing, follow her because she is completely unrestrained. I mean. She, she talks about, about farts and shit and all kinds of body functions, and she's oh, funny. she's a female Vince. Yeah, she is, and, she, and she's <laughs> funny. And I got another package oh, right. just today, just today, and it is a birthday present from Bean. Oh, birthday, bye. Yes, from Bean. Mr. Bean from our forum. Yay. Guess what he gave me? Shit my pants. I haven't heard of that. He is g- it an indie <laughs> No, you he, that, that? he no. gave me. Sounds the, like something you'd like. The, the art of Greg Capullo, the hardcover <laughs> book. Oh, it it is so nice. friggin' nice. You got that from like, a, from like a T-Fall two dollar sale. I don't care. It's Greg Capullo. I take anything. <laughs> it's nice. the, God damn it, y'all are bitches this I, week. I have. Is it my turn? I have to thank you. Thank you, Bean. What? Thank you, Jim B. Go ahead. I, 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 chaos. I, I, nothing. I, I want to thank Jason for being here because I missed him. All week. He hasn't been on the forum that often, and I'm truth. So thank Jason for being here tonight. It's the truth. Nice. See, now you're making, now you're warming my heart. See that? Who said they love you on Twitter? Who did? Uh, You did. That's right, I did, because I knew you were hurting. Little little reach uh, around for my buddy. I'm trying to find out what these motherfuckers are drinking. All right. Yes, and, and I and I feel like a shit heel for getting my gems crossed up, so this drink roll call is dedicated to Jim B. You sure, not Jimmy? All right, or Jim Beam. I'm gonna. Uh, okay. Go ahead, Vince. I'm gonna dedicate my drink to Jim N because he's he's cool too. Um, <laughs> what do you call a really nasty, evil, potentially fatal tropical storm? And uh, uh, a, 
hurricane. You call it a hurricane, bitches, because that's what I'm drinking. Okay. Hurricane I'll, malt I'll liquor. <laughs> 40 ounces of lobotomy yeah. right there. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I love this shit. I really do. Chris, I didn't ask you. What do you have against malt liquor? Seriously, it, what's wrong? I've, mostly just because you drink it. Oh, well, I get that. but no, I mean, I, you just don't like the taste or... Uh, I mean, it's it's just it's it's cheap alcohol. It's it's my it's my, my beer snobbery is is you know coming out big time. So right, I love some forties, but let's be honest. I mean, it's it's about price per yeah ounce of alcohol. That's, You're that's not kidding. buying for the taste. You're buying for the yeah. I buy it for the taste. It is lowbrow, but then again, so am I. Yeah, it's a profile. That's true. Yeah, I'm, I'm mostly just give you shit about it. But uh, yeah. David, uh, what are you drinking? You know what? This is this is to Jim B because I am sipping on some Jim B. Damn, son. No. Nice. I, I, just straight up it. rocks. Uh, no, it is. Well, now it's straight up because the rocks pretty much all melted. It was uh, had a little bit of ginger ale in it, but I think from now on it's just gonna be nice and neat. Nice. There you go. That's a little little beam and rocks. That'll set you straight. Isn't it uh, ironic? The more neat the drink gets, the less neat the drinker becomes. There you go. Mm-hmm. True. You fucking fortune cookie. Uh, <laughs> it's Mr., very wordy. Uh, Mr. Wood, how about you? And so, look, you had a head start. <laughs> Maybe. No, you didn't. I'm drinking <laughs> some yangling, bitches. Lager. Yay. Uh, he's in the garage sucking on the tailpipe. That's right. <laughs> Damn. I'm alternating between a titty and a tailpipe. <laughs> oh, you best episode are, ever. You are hilarious. He is. Uh, uh, tonight, my, uh, my, uh, my craft beer de jour is uh, from Three Floyds over in Munster, Indiana. Really good brewery uh, there in, uh, in the northwest part of the state. And uh, they're, they're, uh, uh, they're known for, uh, for their, their ales are you know, some, of the, uh, some of the more popular around here. And I'm having their uh, Alpha King American Pale Ale. Oh. And it is uh, it's it is delicious. So, uh, folks here in the uh, in the Upper Midwest are probably fairly familiar with uh, with Three Floyds, and uh, they have a great uh, beer festival uh, once a year called the the Dark Lord Fest. It's their uh, their stout that they make every year. So, I'm going to try and make the old Dark Lord Fest this year. But for right now, I'm drinking a good uh, summer ale. Their uh, their Alpha King. Excellent. Outstanding ale. So there you nice. go. Cool. Let's talk comics, boys. What Let's, you got? got oh, you, you don't want me to go first? No, no, that's true. We probably no. No, we don't. Well, we could get it out of the way. Uh, you no, got... no. You want to go first and he comes back around again. Yeah, it's it's better after after my crackle. I'll, I'll take this one on. David never goes first. He doesn't. I don't. Hey, <laughs> David. Well, I'm more than happy. Ready? Yeah. Go ahead. Like round shit, Vince. I hope you read this because I need someone to back me up. Okay. All right. Two of my favorite creators of all time coming together like Voltron to form something that is greater than the sum of its parts. Hmm. We're talking time travel. We're talking action. We're talking intrigue. We're talking some humor. We are talking the infinite. 
Uh, uh, oh, I, I didn't read it yet. Robert I... Kirkman. <laughs> Rob Liefeld. Legit. <laughs> I think that's all you need. Kirkman, Liefeld, legit. It's it's awesome, dude. It was awesome. Like I was so giddy reading this book. It it brought me back. It brought me back. It does. It. I mean, from what I've seen, it certainly does look like vintage Liefeld. I I, I really oh liked what I saw. The labor. Kirkman and Liefeld are like chocolate and peanut butter. It was awesome. So it's a story about not dissimilar to like Terminator. If Terminator all of a sudden became cool, <laughs> you got well, not, hey, a, t- not no, a Terminator there fan. Was no third movie. <sighs> no, nah, I'm only kidding. I, I love Terminator, so it's a bad analogy. But uh, you got a dude named Bowen who is in the he's in the not too distant future, uh, and it's run by a uh, an autocrat, uh, omnipotent autocrat named Imperius. And uh, Bowen tries to, to uh, stop Imperius, and he fails at every turn. Uh, mainly because oh, Imperius oh. can control time. And oh. he's used that ability to set, you know, set the world. What? You, you're just getting a little choppy. You're just getting a little choppy. We're, oh, we're, really? Shit. Yeah, we're missing stuff. Just okay, keep going. I'll tell you if it gets really bad. I'm livid now. See, so you need to... No, you're doing oh, fine. We got it. He controls time. He's fairly omnipotent, and yeah, the guy, so the guy had a hard time. He set himself up to be the ruler of the world because of the time travel, mm-hmm. and uh, Bowen keeps trying to defeat him, and every time he gets close, Imperius jumps back into time and fucks it up. Ah. So the book starts where finally Bowen and his crew get a hold of Imperius' time travel device. And so instead of Imperius doing what he needs to do, Bowen jumps back in time, way back in time, to try and stop all this from ever happening. And when he jumps back in time, it's modern-day America, and the conceit of the book is that he jumps back, and there's no space-time continuum bullshit. He jumps back, and he is now partnered with himself, like himself as a 20-year-old, and his friends. And that's kind of where the issue leaves off. You know, nice. they have to try and save, save the future, if you will. Yeah. But, uh, dude, it's freaking everything you would expect of a book like this. The the characters all have big-ass pouches. <laughs> they got, like, face, face plate type shit that covers their, like, forehead, but not the rest of their, their face. It's awesome. It's awesome. Well, you know, he, he is uh, tapping a vein because the first issue sold out. They got to go back to print. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So he's doing yeah. he's doing something right. Uh, it is a sexy looking no, I mean, book. I'm not, I mean, everyone knows. Like, yeah, everybody knows I'm a, I'm a Rob Liefeld fan and and all that. And uh, but but in all seriousness, I I I love this book to death. And there's a super super hot woman that the young version of Bowen is is tapping, and uh, she gets all livid when he rolls out to be with the older version of Bowen to go save the world. And uh, it was just I loved it to death, man. They open up a door and there's like. A room full of an arsenal, if you will. It's like a safe house that the uh, older Bowen had, you know, set up years ago, and now goes back to it. And he opens it up, and there's just fucking gigantic gun after gigantic gun. Like, like, you know, these guns have like three chambers. You know, they look like they they're basically like short mounted. It's just crazy. It's nuts. They they are Liefeld guns. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I was just a little bit worried that Kirkman would uh, 
succumb to the back to the future type bullshit where everything's connected in the past like you know he obviously he meets himself but like the, the thing that bothers Sorry, me about were you the smart chain back to the future uh, yeah i got no love for those movies in, in uh, fact i in fact i kind of sort of hate them but wow. uh no i do wow. but, no it's wow. it's the, it's the thing where you know he meets his mother and then his father's a little kid and then the the event where the mother and father met it's just like all this interconnected bullshit that's just it's annoying to me anyway i just and yet i love doctor who or but, incredibly entertaining for millions and millions of people <laughs> i just hope there's none of that in there is there other than the just meeting himself type thing no yeah there's none of that dude uh, and the thing ahead. is is the vintage image when i think of image in the heyday i think of that that pose right that like I'm going to come out and jump out at you pose. You know what uh-huh. I'm talking about. It's like yeah. every image book that, that was popular back then. <laughs> and Rob does that on every goddamn page. Yay. It's freaking It is awesome. It's like, oh, I'm going to jump in your face and punch you, or I'm going to jump up and save you. It's like every, there's, there's a reason for someone to be jumping. It's not always the same reason, but there's a reason. And it's dope. Yeah, I can't wait. It, it's coming in my next box. Oh, love well, it. I, have, I, I have the first issue. It's it's um it's it's on this stack right behind issues two and three of uh, Fifty Girls Fifty. So I am getting. I'll have it read for next week. Nice. All right. Now, now tell me, Jason, is the sketchbook section extensive, or is it just like one or two pages? Not half the book. Right? Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, good. It, yeah, it does the trick. I got. I mean, again, I you know, it's uh, I I the more Rob L pages I can see, the better. So, yes. and it's not, and and it's not just sketchbook, Vince. It's there's uh, there's like finished pieces in here, fully colored and things. There's uh, and as as Rob says at the bottom of one of the pages, uh, here's a look at the many covers for issue one. Some people don't like variant covers, but I think variety is a cool thing. Now, I don't know if that's Rob. I don't know which Rob or Robert that is that said that, but. Um, yeah, no, it's it's not just sketches that that Rob drew. It's like fully finished pieces in the back. Excellent. It's, 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 yeah. First issue had twelve covers. Some bitch. That's an yeah. image book. Yep. I think Which it had. Which one did y'all get? Which cover did you get? Oh, I, I don't got know, until it comes. Uh, it's it's uh, the the two Bowens back to back. Oh, mine is uh, Bowen in like a gray and a little bit of like almost copper. With uh, the super hot chick with the big tats and uh, <laughs> some other characters in the background. Wait, so oh. there's alternate covers on the director's cut too. Yeah. Nice. Look at that. Got to give him credit for working it. God oh, bless hell him. yeah! Hell yeah. yeah! Yeah. I'm just giddy. I'm giddy for him. I'm giddy for the book. There was so much energy to it. Uh, I just I loved it to death. So giddy. he went from zero books in like literally a decade to having three books on the stands in like one month it's true because there there will be a time when the infinite's going to be on the stands the hawk and dove and he's doing something else too um oh image united evangeline <laughs> no he's just writing that or, oh, yeah. or pushing the pieces around but yeah it's, it's yeah, image I want, united I, I don't i don't want anybody i want anybody to give me shit about how i feel about Liefeld because i'm buying a book drawn by Liefeld and written by Kirkman. So I, I'm pretty sure that, that, that I can get a pass for whether or not I'm, I'm a Liefeld fan. 
Yeah, because you're not the hugest um, Kirkman fan. Pretty much, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. 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 So. It's, it's the same thing. Well, people will consider this sacrilege, but I see... The, the same energy in Jack Kirby's work is in Liefeld's work. It's not entirely anatomically correct like Jack's, right. but so what? But it gets you know? the point. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. It, your, your eyes are drawn to what's on the page. It's, it's just, no, it's, it's, it's attractive. It's powerful. It's energetic. And that's the thing. I mean, it's not just, aside from the way Liefeld draws and, and how excited the pages are or, or, or how much energy the pages have, but, I mean, it just, it translates beyond the page with him because, I mean, we've talked about him on Twitter. I mean, the dude is just like, if, if he could bottle that positivity and, and sell it, he'd, he'd be the multi-multi-millionaire. I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's, I mean, I don't, he doesn't have any money now, but it's just, it's, there is absolutely nothing about, I, I think of comic books and, and, and just like you could think of Kirby, yeah, I, I, I think of Liefeld. You just, there's no way you I can't separate the two. He does I don't love care it. whatever else Liefeld does outside of comic books. It's just if if I think of Liefeld, I'm just thinking of of, of enthusiasm and energy and and comics. Yeah, new era Liefeld. Thankfully, he's eased up on the little lines a little bit because okay. there there's been times in the past where they he'd do a tight shot of somebody's face and they got the grimace on and they're all pissed off and they look like they need a shave because there's just billions of lines in their cheeks and stuff. And he, he's eased up on that, which is good. I mean, God, he probably f- said to himself, "What the hell am I doing this for? I can get the same effect with a couple of yes, lines that I can get right. a billion. Yeah. yeah, cool. I'm happy you enjoyed it, and I can't wait to get my copy. Oh, I got to get a page. I have got to get a page. You're like his bro. <laughs> you think he'd just shoot you on like for nothing? No, he, he. I told you, he told me that I get first dibs over Kirkman. I just got to yeah. hook it up. Awesome. Look <laughs> at you. I'm jealous. I know. <laughs> no, it's awesome, right? That's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Seriously. All right. I'm not going to support the page anymore, though. So. <laughs> I, see, I eased up on those jokes. <laughs> oh, I'm giving you. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, not that bad. They won't let it go any farther, I don't think. <laughs> We'll see. Yeah, they won't. So, come on. What do we got? Christopher, what do you want to talk about? I I, I read something that I I, I kind of liked. I, I know I will like more. Maybe. The, the potential's there, you mean. The potential's there. It's from a creator that I've I've always enjoyed his work. It's This is a project I've looked forward to. Uh, we've talked about a recently completed series of his uh, here in the last couple weeks, and this is uh, the new series from Creator. Oh, I know uh, what it is. Yeah, I was going to talk about this, too. It's Rachel Rising. Yes. It is Rachel Rising. Okay. Uh, the the first issue came out uh, from uh, Terry Moore, of, of course. It's from Abstract Studio, and the first issue was three ninety nine. Uh, it is it's Terry Moore. It, it's uh, it's Terry Moore drawing the trademark, you know, beautiful, realistic women. It's very very similar to his work in Echo. I mean, to the point that um, some of the characters bear striking resemblance yes. to characters in, in Echo. Um, I I like the first issue, but as soon as I was done with it. I immediately knew that this is something that I'm going to get in trade from here on out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's okay. It's it's just something that that I felt with Echo, and I, I really enjoyed that series in trade because I think that 
that his single issues are not nearly dense enough to to keep me wanting to come back month after month after month. They they move pretty deliberately and we're like Walking Dead is is pretty much like the only monthly book. It's one of like two or three monthly books that I haven't been able to to drop just because I love that monthly fix. Where Echo I thought was a great a great collected um, story. And Rachel writes in this first issue, we get a a fair amount of setup, but it, it's pretty sparse. I mean, you know, honestly, I, I got done. I got to the last page. And I I went to turn the page, and there was nothing left. And I was like, oh. And it was really like, did you feel like it just kind of abruptly stopped at the end? Uh, I, let's, I, as, see, as far as cliffhangers go. I get exactly what you're saying. Um, it's true. You, you, you turn to that last page, and you're like, because the last, the last panel, of what this person says, and you know, you think, oh, oh, but that's it. So I, I do get what you're saying with that. I can't in any way say that um, that anything about this first issue is sparse, especially even though there aren't a lot of things said in the first few pages. The amount it's very of atmospheric. Detail, I guess the atmosphere. The, the is amount what of detail that, that that Moore puts onto these pages. Yeah, the pages are dense, dense man. And Jesus, it's like he it, he's it's it's like all of a sudden. George Ferris stopped by and, and said, hey, you know, you've got to draw a fucking leaf on that. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's crazy. The art, the art is absolutely gorgeous. It, I yeah. mean, it is a beautifully drawn book, but as far as, you know, uh, you know, Vince was talking about it with, you know, what he hopes to see with comics in the next few years is that they go back to that Bronze Age style of, yes, of very dense information pack story to bang for your buck. And by the time I got done with this flight, you know what? I just spent four dollars on a twenty no, page that's, that's black that, and white yeah. um, Right, right, right. I mean you get to like it you're in you're about half half through the book and, and that's when someone finally says something. That you, you get like your first word balloon, like almost yeah. halfway into the issue. And I mean it, it was it's very obvious that it was set up like a horror movie. This right. is this is Terry Moore doing a horror movie. And so the entire opening scene is is dialogue free. Now you don't have the the advantage of having music play in the background to help set the, the scene, but it's very atmospheric. It's very it, it's, it's it's Hitchcocky and I think. See yeah. That's the conundrum of comics, you know? Uh I shouldn't say comics in general, but like sequential uh Periodicals. If you're going to produce mm-hmm. a story in in chapters, essentially for the floppy format or single format, and then later on you're going to collect it in a in a nice you know bulk edition, it's like trying to film for the screen and for say um, format something for a television screen. Uh, you're doing you're doing things in in, in in two worlds and it doesn't always work out right so i guess you got to give creators a little leeway leeway like how do they cover all those bases please the monthly readers yet make the guys that wait for the trades have a satisfying experience it's that's tough right well i mean i mean mm-hmm. i mean here here's one of the things we had and i liked it and so it sounds like i'm busting on it but right, i did it doesn't it doesn't it, no. it doesn't because we there's four pages of 
racial coming out of the ground. And, and the, the basic plot, and I'm not giving anything away because it's the name of the book, is that a dead girl comes back to life. Mm-hmm. And four pages of her slowly emerging out of the earth. And if, if you do the math, that's like almost a third of the book is, is her coming out of the ground. Yeah, but that's right. the money. That's the money shot. You know, well, I'll say this. Look, I, 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 um, I could see where Chris is coming from in the sense that I felt the same way about that first issue of Echo, in the sense that, you know, you. Now I don't remember if Chris read it as it was coming out, but for me, you know, I read all of Strangers in Paradise after it was done, like in one fell swoop. So I read like the entire, what, ten years worth of comics in like a month, mm-hmm. and. So it felt really meaty, right? It felt so voluminous and so dense and full of so much detail. But again, I was reading it decades worth of effort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then Echo comes, and of course the inevitable, oh, is it going to be as good or is it going to be good enough? And I read that first issue, and I thought, okay, you know, I thought, okay, it looks good. It's, I don't know what kind of story there is, but but then to be fair to it, once it was over, I thought it was a great story. And I think it's another thing, oh, like yeah. you said, though, Chris – in in issue form, it did at, at certainly particular issues felt short to me, but but in the aggregate, I'm sure if you read the whole thing in one fell swoop, it was probably a really satisfying story. So uh, in Rachel Rising case, I, I see what you mean. I mean, it did end rather abruptly. It felt like oh wow, I wish there was more. But <laughs> yeah. in 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 my case, I took it like I, I think that's a quality of his in the sense that like I was so in, into the story that I. I was sad that that it was over. I was like, man, that's it. I got to wait another month for this. And and I think that that's a credit to him. Um, mm-hmm. The book looks obscenely beautiful. Now, the oh, one thing cool. I will say is the 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 protagonist Rachel looks exactly like Kachu. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you know, I he he's such type. a good illustrator that I would I would have preferred for him to have maybe gone a little off model there. I mean, cause it, it, it I mean, honestly, it, it even the, the hair length is even the same. You know what I mean? Like it's one thing to, to draw a cute blonde, but she's a cute blonde with a button nose, a little bit of a rump shake and, and, and shoulder length blonde hair. I mean, it, it's, it's Kachu only with red eyes. So I kind of wish he had maybe got a little bit of a different look for her, but, um, but yeah, I'm definitely on board. Like I, I didn't read the first issue and thought like, holy shit, this is, unheard of but i i also thought okay this is this is terry setting the stage for what's likely to be a really interesting ride you know once we get into it mm-hmm. yeah. he's uh he's becoming or uh, i don't know if he's becoming he, he uh he has the, he's the kevin smith of the comic book world where he's going to cast the same people in his that's a good like good analogy i hadn't thought of that but i like, like that yeah so it's um he has he has yeah he has that that type like you said and um it was I, I I definitely get where Chris is coming from. I I guess he kind of gets a pass from me because this isn't one of those. Oh, it was a team effort and everybody did a great job. This was all him, so there was no there was no colorist to maybe fill in the different shades or the tones of of the field she was walking through. I mean, he he the fact that he like pretty much drew the roots and and the ground. I mean, I just I can't get past that. Other other Artists would probably not as not have put as much detail in, in these opening pages. These opening oh, the draftsman pages. So, so I mean, yeah. it's it's. But yeah, I mean, you get to that, and and I will when when I get the um 
I mean, I have the first, I have the first trade of Echo, and I'm, I'm getting the, the complete collection. Hopefully, next month when, when, when the next box comes. But uh, I didn't read Echo in, in the single issues, and I'm trying to remember the first collection. And, and if you know, at the end of those issues, if, if they kind of just ended like this first issue ended, and, and, and Chris is absolutely right. It's like you turn that page, and it's like there was no, it. Ah, I wanted more. Yeah, That's a good sign. And, and as the, you no, know, you're right. And I mean, I guess I'm. Maybe this is just, uh, you know, my my big two bias or whatever. It, it, there are times where, yeah, it's nice to see a little to be continued at the bottom of the page, just so that you know. I mean, not not that my eye would probably be drawn to that, but I just I didn't expect her to show up at, at this house, have a conversation, and then and then the person tell her at the end uh, at the bottom of the page with that panel and you turn the page and it's like you know again we get the credits again i mean we we, we found out at yeah. the beginning of the book it was story and art by terry moore and we find out again at the end of the last page Can so I, it's yeah well no what i was gonna say is i think with terry's books and also other small press books i think one of the things that works against them in this in this case is the way they format the books um and he's not the only one that does this where he he has all the story without any ads and then there's a few pages of ads. And I feel like that often hurts them in what we're talking about. And that as you read the book in your hand, you know, you can feel oh, like yeah, you're holding yeah, yeah. it on your right yeah. hand. You have pages left. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, oh, story's over. And you got like four more pages, but they're ads and credits and stuff. And so yeah. mentally, you're like, damn, I got chipped. I thought there was more. I, I, I think, think that's just. The indie books have kind of always done that. You know? Yeah, but I think that affects you way you think of it because you're you're reading along, you're into it, and all of a sudden you feel like you got another four or five, six pages left, and you're like, oh, it's over. Shit. But then, it, but then again, I love the fact that the flow of the story is absolutely uninterrupted by ads. Yeah, it's, and, so and this way, and W, I feel that way with IDW books because they do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I am it's like, oh, that's it, because yeah. of that though. I think it's because they put all the ads in the in the back. Here comes the Amazing Spider-Man reveal. Go ahead, David. No, I'm not saying that, but see that, but that's, but that's exactly. I mean, it, because it's all, it's all Terry's vision. It's all, it, you know, from, from start to finish, he's laying it out. He knows exactly where to put. You know, as you turn the page, when where where's your eye going to go? You turn the page, and and he knows he can format it. He can he can tell his story because he knows the ads, if there are any, are, are going to be at the. Um, and, the back and, there, and the, there's no denying that the guy, the guy is really a, a modern master. I mean, is he? He's so good at what he does. Yeah. I just came to the, I came to the conclusion that his stuff for me works in much larger chunks. Sure, and, and I think that's a fair yeah. statement. Yeah. Also, I will say just in in just to put a a period on this, the cover is amazing. I yeah. mean, I I think the cover is. I mean, I know Chris, you, you and well, you and Vince probably more than David and I because you guys are, you know, artistic by your trade. But, but I mean, to me, like I'm not a, obviously a, a graphic artist, but when I looked at that cover, I thought, now that is a masterful piece of graphic art. I mean, that is, you know, it's 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 three colors, three basic, you know, shapes, very few lines, and it conveys exactly what it's trying to convey, and that's not easy says, to do. Says everything you need to believe me. It's I'm excited to meet. Uh, Rizzo on Friday. It's always good to see Azarello and bullshit with him. But fucking Dave Johnson is who I want to talk to. That guy Dave's is who? Yeah. Oh yeah. Damn. Yeah. It's because I I don't. Uh, he is 
he's amazing. He's not not just as a cover artist, which he's phenomenal. He's a great artist and, and an amazing designer. I cannot wait to talk with him. So. I think he did the cover for some Deadpool book today. Yes. And it was really cool. There was a there's a brain on the front and Deadpool, but inside the little folds of the brain, there's words. It says like Wade something. I, I don't really nice cover. Very striking. Their covers. Oh my god, they were amazing. Yeah. Well, while while Wood was just absolutely loving all the James Jean Fables covers, I was looking forward to every issue of 100 Bullets. I mean, that's just from well, from me, right? And to be fair on that front, stuff. yeah. I mean, I wasn't, as you know, I didn't read a hundred bullets as it was coming out, and I've never read it twice since. And I would absolutely, could see, I would have gushed. Yeah, those covers are awesome too. I mean, there's oh, no, so, no question. So, so truth. See, it's it's oh, it's oh, funny oh. since um since Vince, you brought up <clears throat> things working in one medium and maybe not in the other. And and as I was reading the uh, I, I I was reading Star Wars Jedi: The Dark Side. Because it's, uh, it's, it's it's drawn by our boy Mahmoud, and it's um and and right off the bat, I will say each issue has has gotten better. I mean, it I love his his art, but it's the first issue. I don't know, maybe it was just getting used to to, to the characters or the setting, but by the time I'm I'm into issue three, and it's just everything is just it, it is rolling, and and I'm I'm really happy, and and it's. This is pretty much the first time I, I've read a Star Wars book since Dark Horse got the license, and and they did what was it, Dark Empire, the the, the six issue mini, like few yeah, years after yeah. the return, and and um, so I haven't read a Star Wars book by Dark Horse in in years, um, and and where I'm going with the whole things that work in one medium may not work in another. When when you watch the Star Wars movies and you're hanging out with with Palpatine or, or Yoda, and then you cut to a scene with 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 three PO and and Luke, it's like there isn't. It, that's fine in a movie. That the, the, those cutscenes are great. That 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 have nothing to do and and that don't lead into one another. It's just that that typical Lucasfilm cut in in a Star Wars movie. It really doesn't work. In a comic book, because I'm, I'm, Qui Gon is 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 talking to his Padawan, and then the scene cuts on the same page. Not even like you turn the page and and you're in another setting. It's like the next panel is somewhere else entirely on the planet, and and it annoyed the hell out of me. And I, I you know, maybe this is something that often happens in the Star Wars books, but uh, it 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 really didn't move things smoothly for me uh but the story um i like the qui-gon character I, I enjoyed him in the one movie we saw him in and uh and it's nice getting a little bit more uh of the character and apparently i guess um we'll see no i can't say that it's um i was going to talk about how how qui-gon gets stuck with with Pat and ones that are whiny bitches, but that really he didn't, oh. he, he, didn't, he, he uh, Obi Wan obviously wasn't, but Obi Wan's Padawan was. Uh, but no, this was, um, you know, it's 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 a typical Star Wars story where you know the 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 Jedi Masters send the Jedi's to handle business, take care on, of shit, on, right on on another planet, and, and you know make sure things are at ease, and and. Um, there's some tension and some turmoil going on, and things aren't as rosy as they appear, and and that's fine. Like I said, I'm I'm buying this because 
Machen was drawing it, and and you know, I I probably could have been fine with not reading another Star Wars book for another couple of years, but um, because of of the art and because of pretty much the main character, uh, I, I am enjoying it. I'm enjoying the story. I'm pretty much really just not thrilled with how the story, I guess, is being told, and I'm really not a fan of um, of looking at the cover and and seeing Lucas books in a uh, in in a format larger. Than uh, Scott Alley and and Mahmoud Asrar's and and Paul Mounts's names on the cover, but I mean you know it's it's George Lucas, so what do you? It is Lucas, that? but yeah, yeah. So, but I mean yeah, I the um, the 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 covers by uh, uh, Stefan Rue are um, mm-hmm. are gorgeous. The first cover is uh, is by Mahmoud. The issues two and three are um, are by Rue, but you know I really. I, there's two issues to go, I believe. It's a five issue series. I, um, I, I am. I, it's something I was going to talk about the first two issues last week. If I didn't have the problems I had, but uh, when I got the DCBS box, I think Thursday or Friday, and the third issue was in that, and and I just it was one of the first things I read at the box, and I'm I'm really digging it. I'm, I'm glad to see. I mean, I am, I am uh, really looking forward to Supergirl that that, that Mahmoud is drawing and. Uh, and as he posts the covers for the issue for for the series online, um, they just he he just he is as much as as great as I, I I thought he was before, like last year with Power Man and the other things he's he's done. And but I mean, seeing him, you can't. I didn't think I could see him him progress the way he has been. But it's it's been it's been a hell of a ride. It, it's it, I don't know. Like I said, we're going to see him on Supergirl, but uh, seeing him on, on a licensed property like this, I, I, I am impressed with, with how the uh, the art has gotten better with each issue. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's always a roll of the dice on the licensed property stuff. Uh, you know, I was excited about the Doctor Who issue that came out that Mark Buckingham did. Right. Right. Yee. Really? Yeah. I thought the same thing about, not to say that I'm a big Doctor Who fan, but I remember it was a a big thing when Pia Guerra, right after uh, she got done with uh, White, did a Doctor Who, and I I looked at it on the shelf, just because, again, not a Doctor Who fan, but I I did really enjoy Pia's work, and same thing, I was sort of like, well, you know, not everybody's Mort Walker. That That's that true. man that man yeah. could capture anybody's like well, likeness yeah, in any right. angle, you know, and yeah, everybody can do that. It, but yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, just knowing a few people that have worked on licensed property books, sometimes the time uh, a the timelines on on getting those books out true. can be so sure, incredibly sure. short because the the editorial chain gets lengthened because the mm-hmm. license holders um, have to be involved and they make sometimes uh, a ridiculous amount of changes and so the work can be very rushed and revised and so you're not getting the artist's best work sometimes because of that and B I if from what I've heard a lot of the a lot of the licensed property stuff the page rates on those are yeah, that's so hard. I mean yeah, I mean it's yeah. it's just I mean this you're is the just honor kind of, of working on the trying to, Well, I mean you're Well, you so got, here's a question for you guys. Um, some work better than no work. Do you when you're reading a licensed book, do you do you prefer the art to be extremely evocative of the quote unquote real characters, meaning the you know, the actors that portrayed them, or do you want Depends. some more interpretation? 
it depends. It it depends. Yeah, it really does. Because I mean, obviously, I I can this this looks like Qui Gon. I can tell it's Qui Gon. I don't care that it doesn't look like Liam Neeson. I mean, this isn't a dude from right. Kin or Taken or anything like that, and that's fine. But I. I know who it's supposed to be, and and it works, and that's why. I mean, maybe the first issue, I, maybe been a little stiff, um, or or just. Did I, did I, I say? Did I say Mort Walker? Yeah, I, I meant. No, I yeah, meant you, you Mort meant Drucker. Drucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a friggin' meant, hurricane. I don't want to correct it. Not Mort Walker. What an idiot! The the um. I know my. It it. I mean, do I? Yeah, it, uh, it's and, and this is the fucking Jim Beam now. The um, it it really does depend, Jason. I mean, you it, watches it, it, obviously in, in in a Star Wars book. You, you're going to get some science fiction, and some fantasy. If it was something like the Human Target or, or something that's more in in modern day in a more realistic right. setting, uh, do I want the character to look like like Paul Valley? I it doesn't. He doesn't need to be as long as some as long as it's a consistent look throughout. The twenty pages, the twenty-two pages, that's fine. But I mean, you know, if someone says, "Hey, chance," and the dude looks different from one page to the next, I yes. have an issue. But I'd have an issue with that. Yeah, yeah. In, in it's, any, it's, it's long as the art's or, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, even if that when you read Invincible Iron Man, so right. I mean, you put uh, you put Darwin Cook on a Star Wars book, and it's it's not going to be photorealistic to what the movies were, but. I'm going to love every freaking panel of it. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. You know, it, it's one of the things like uh, what George's Genty, who did the, uh, yeah. uh, and yeah. I think and used to do some stuff. of the some of the Buffy stuff. Yeah. His characters didn't always like his Buffy is reminiscent of Sarah Michelle Gellar, but it's not. It's the not is there, right? Yeah, yeah, you know. Who, but who does, who does the covers Buffy. for Buffy? Oh, uh, you're Joe all, Chen. Yeah. Yo, Chad, Yo, Chad, I don't know if she has she has a lot of photos. I would, I would like to. Um, I, I next time we see Mahmoud, I, I would like to find out if because uh, I know that um, you will occasionally have the license holders. You know, okay, well, that that doesn't look right, and, and they send the art back, or, or, or any, I, I just want to know if, if Mahmoud had yeah. any problems if if, if Lucas films, Lucas books came back and says no, this this doesn't look quite right. I mean, because you have. You have um, the movies, and then you have the Clone Wars TV show, where everybody, as great as 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 great as the animation is, everybody looks like they've been carved out of wood, and 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 you have the comics, and so I mean, there isn't, there's again, there's that essence of who the characters are supposed to be, but you don't have everybody looking exactly the same in one medium to the next. Right. So, well, what's interesting with that is, you know, again, it's a generational thing because my kids have watched the Clone Wars cartoon for most of their lives and, and seen every episode probably ten times. So I think when they think of the characters of Star Wars, that's what they think of that's first and foremost. You know, and then secondarily they actually think of, of the Lego versions. Because they have all the oh, like wow. they have all the Star Wars Legos and then they play the Lego game. So they, they like that's how they think of those characters, you know. So like they've seen the movies, but to them that's almost like a tertiary way of thinking of them, you know. Uh, um, yeah. So it's but for us, you know, it's like if they don't, if it doesn't look like Mark Hamill, it's like that's not Luke. Am I good? Yeah. If, if, if John if John Williams soundtrack see, isn't playing in the back of your head, something's no, but wrong. See, yeah. I mean, as, as we know, we know what Mark Hamill's supposed to look like, but when you have um, Al Williamson 
drawing the, the, the movie adaptations, or you have Ron Friends drawing the monthly Star Wars book, or even Howard Chaykin or Carmine Infantino, Oof. you know it's Luke Skywalker. It just it may not look like Mark Hamill, but you have you just whether it's your mind's eye or you're just or your mind knows that you know hey this is supposed to be Luke and from that point on for the rest of the issue as this character is drawn that's Luke Skywalker but it doesn't because it didn't look like Mark Hamill it never it never dawned on me that this does not look like Mark Hamill I just know that this is Luke Skywalker so I'm enjoying it as the issues go on you know judging how am I right. great judging from the Dark Horse uh, Star Wars titles published in the past, a lot of them, I think Lucas is extremely lenient with their licenses because there's yeah. been there's been a lot of well, a, a fair amount of poop under the under the I dark agree. under the Dark Horse masthead. Oh, okay. But uh, as opposed to say like Hasbro with GI Joe, and remember all the the problems like uh, DDP had with GI Joe, and they had to keep sending the art back and 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 stuff huh. like that. Well, well apparently uh, loosened up because have you looked at some of the ideas? Yeah, I'm sure, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure they have too. But I mean, l- just look back at the the Marvel Star Wars books. I mean. Where does the rabbit come in? So you know they they probably took yeah, a, la- right, right. a laissez-faire type attitude towards you know uh, adaptations and stuff. So you know. Yeah. No, you're right. I don't know. You guys ready? Go yeah, for it, man. <laughs> Christopher. Don't hate me when yeah, I'm done. Yes. You can go get you can go get a drink now if you want. I can go get a beer. You can go pee or whatever you want to do. But I will say before you you go, I am extremely grateful to you for bringing up the Bronze Age uh, storytelling yeah. as- aesthetic because the thing I read is a perfect example of ultra dense vintage storytelling. Okay, well, and I'll, cool. I'll tell the guys why while you go. Go do your thing. Oh, well, grip it, grip it, and rip it. I'm I'm listening. Okay. Um. I, I this talk of of uh, what I'm about to tell you about is going to be capped off with actual comments from the author because while reading the book I got to a certain page and I was like oh my god I must own this page and I I I, I fired him off an email on the spot I mean I put the book down ran to the computer looked up his his email address sent him wow. an email. yeah Did you get did you get into the LA all of a sudden? Well, I wanted to get on the on the horse before everybody else because I think there's going to be a lot of buzz um, surrounding this book. There's going to be a lot of talk, and uh, considering the author's uh, notoriety in other types of media, he's he's not an unknown name. Uh, I figured, damn, I want to get on this, but he told me, wah wah wah, he does not sell original art. He's keeping it. Oh. Oh, you're livid. Yeah. Well, no, I wasn't livid. I was thankful for the page as it exists in the book, but I would love to own it. Yeah. Oh, pissed off. I'm not pissed. <laughs> no. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm great. Uh, so for the page in the book. Yeah, okay. For once, we'll have actual author commentary at the end of this. It's not long. It's, it's, it's fairly brief. But my, my detailed <laughs> analysis is not, <laughs> not brief at all. No. It's, as I mentioned it last week, it's from the fine folks at Ad House. It's from Jesse Monahan, and it's called Forming, yes. and it is friggin' yes, phenomenal. Oh, I read it twice. I read it twice because w- the the first pass, the storytelling is so thick and chunky, and there's a huge thick cast of. Like women. Yeah, I know. There's a huge cast of characters. 
you need to read it more than once, and I'll tell you why. And, and this is exactly my reason for doing what I did. I did a bullet point list of the events that happened in the first half of the book. Now, you are going to experience dense friggin' storytelling. It's, uh, like I said, Ad House Books is distributing it, but it's from No Bra Press. Yes. And uh, it was originally a webcomic. Jesse serialized this uh, on yes. the web, and you can still go and read, I think, all of it. Uh, or most of it um, on his uh, blog, but um, get this: it start now. I I neatly assembled the events in chronological order. In the book, they are not presented that way. There's flashbacks and flash forwards, and there's events that are broken up while another event takes place, and it goes back to the event. I mean, this it it's really thick storytelling. You have Lucifer who emerges from the void at the dawn of time. Uh, and the universe was formed as a result of the billions of years-long battle between Lucifer and the third eye-illumined angel Michael. Now, Lucifer... Third eye, nice. Yeah, you know, he does. He has three eyes, and he's blue. And he's got this, this big... He's awesome looking, and that's the page I wanted. But... It was not to be. But so Lucifer, you actually get the ideologies of the characters too. Lucifer is a proponent of a sensible cosmic order and individual thinking. And he tricks Michael into a battle in hopes that the, the forces like unleashed during their struggle would give birth to a universe, but one that's almost orderly because uh, the Lucifer loves order and this this uh well it's luciferian actually when when you think about it google and, and if through this whole thing when you hear a name google it because there is a lot of real world examples of mythology in this book in, in fact that's the the reason for the book it's the reason for the story um so tipping the scales in his favor michael in a bit of like a Street Fighter, Dragon Ball Z type video game shenanigan, unleashes his special move, that's all caps. And the attack is so overwhelmingly powerful, it shatters Lucifer's crystal sword, and it he's, he's got this green crystal in his forehead, and you need to see the character design for Lucifer. It's unbelievable. I, I can't even do justice to, to it by describing it. it it's, it's faceless. And yet, there are certain design elements in the facial area that 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 makes it look like he has a face. He has four legs in a, in a horse type body structure, but he has horns that look like they're dripping crystal blue muck things. He's got wings and and a tail. It, it's a really fascinating design. I, and then again, Lucifer was on the page I wanted to buy. I'm not going to talk about that anymore because it's just too painful. But uh, so and, and My, Michael unleashes this special attack that dislodges Lucifer's crown jewel. It's called Lapis Excellus. And Lucifer goes hurtling into the bowels of the earth, the recently formed earth, where he remains trapped between the planet's magnetic poles. And so Michael, he wants the solace of the void. He wants nothing of this disgusting universe. He proceeds to vacate his physical form, but he finds himself trapped in his, quote, obscene and loathsome flesh. So he flees to the outer reaches of creation, just heads off into space. So now it picks up where I talked about last week, 10,000 BC. You got a space alien god Mithras from the planet 
Dogon. Google that. Sent by his father. No, really. This is so cool. Um, Lord Ahura Mazda. Google that too. It's Persian. It, everything pulled from our mythology was used to create this fictional universe's mythology. There's a reason why he did that. So uh, Mithras arrives on Earth and genetically alters humanity. He, he's trying to engineer a race of giants for menial labors like uh, mining and farming. Uh, and he instigates a rise in novelty. He in introduces the people to concepts like farming, mining, language. He, it's a kickstart to the, the, uh, the human consciousness. So then in 9900 BC, Gob, this king of the gnomes, tells this earth woman, Gaia, to bear Mithras's children so they can grow up and one day usurp him. Flashes forward again to 9,900 BC. Mithras actually meets this woman Gaia. She has a, a tattoo or a birthmark on her on her on her face. It's the uh, star-shaped mark of the elements, and and he just comes becomes completely enraptured with her, and they uh, shack up in Atlantis, uh, reproduce, and they spawn three human children. And a trio of extraordinary superhuman one-eyed children who Mithras kind of ostracizes, ostracizes, but uh, unknown to Mithras, two of the children, Themis and Iapetus, were secretly sired by Noah. Gaia's playing on the side with Noah. That, that Noah. Not just a guy named Noah, uh, uh, that uh, Noah. So he was, uh, he was taking a little break from his ark, huh? Well, he wasn't building the ark at the time. Not yet. All right. Now, Lucifer, still trapped, channels his spirit into the severed wolf head and attempts to convince Mithras's one-eyed son, Arges, to rebel and overthrow his, father's, his father and use his illumined mind to free him from his magnetic prison. Now, somewhere along the line, the people of Earth, the, the ordinary people of Earth, have developed a means of mental communication. They, they think in picture form. Like there's one section where Adam, of Adam and Eve fame, is, is looking at uh, a brook and he sees a fish and he, he tries to talk to the fish and when he does, a fish is in a dialogue balloon instead of words. So he, the people communicate in terms of pictograms. Very cool. Um, so now you, the shit hits the fan. You, you had Lord Ahura Mazda on the one side, and then now you have Emperor Angra Mainyu. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Launches Operation Heavenly Sword, and he sends this dude called Serapis, who's an androgyny. <laughs> you got to see this dude. He's, he's got breasts, a penis, and his and his uh, his like headgear. Absolute from Butcher Baker. No, his his headgear. Remember the orb in Ghost Rider. The guy yes. with the, well, it's, he has headgear like the orb, only there's no eye on it. But wow. his, he, he wears a leotard. It's like Mysterio. Kinda. Uh, yeah, yeah, without the fishbowl. Right. He, he, his, his uniform is like a, uh, wrestling leotard, except where the breasts are, it's cut out. His navel's cut out, and around his genitals is, is cut out. So, <laughs> yeah, he's got two meat and veg, and, and, and sweater meat, and he's running around. <laughs> It's it's so funny. And, like 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 Raf Suhu on a uh, on a, after a bender. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn! So now where was I? Okay, <laughs> not there. So the Serapis guy, 
is is sent by uh, the emperor Mainyu to to earth and he's he's the greatest fighter in the known universe he was dubbed that by the guild of assassins and he has a squad of nephilim guards actually clones of himself and they use their cloaking technology to attempt this clandestine infiltration of the garden of eden where curiously enough the author represents adam and eve uh as uh, they're black which is really cool i i never you know i'm I'm not too into my bible lore but i never thought of adam and eve being black which is a nice twist on it because well, if you want to look you know like cradle of civilization africa it, right that's well yeah you know middle east you know mesopotamia so you know it's that's also why our depiction of christ is probably very inaccurate right they said he had hair like um well th- yeah that and the fact that he is a fictional character but go ahead well thank, no thank i mean well, uh, well i mean you can't deny that that christ is a is an an actual historical figure whether he was actually right. the the son of god you can you can debate you know theologically but the yeah, fact yeah. That, that he existed i mean he it's not like he yes, was you know just popped out of the that, story yes. the the person did exist right and and that plays into this and he probably didn't look like he was from you know italy right right unfortunately but see that kind of thinking where it doesn't really matter if christ existed or not the mythology of christ existed and that played a huge part in the way we currently think the way our brains work our consciousness on a global scale those mythological figures play into it that's what forming is all about um i'll, I'll get into that in the end but so now you have the serapis not only is he observing human beings he's observing mithras and his operation so noah communes and i hope i'm pronouncing this right I, I i can never pronounce this communes with ein sof in which in kabbalistic terms it's the middle of the three veils positioned above the tree of life the, the literal translation is no limit then you got this guy named namo who is mithras's despised liaison back on the planet dogon he's a schlep he, he's lazy he gets everything wrong he's dreaming of fighting mithras uh, and in his dream, he's cast into the pit of Tartarus, where he encounters a giant serpent who orders him to eat the scroll. Doesn't has no idea what, what this serpent means. Eat the scroll, eat what scroll? But he wakes up, and he's got a scroll in his hand. And it's adorned with all this arcane symbology. And Mon- Jesse Monahan includes the scroll in the back of the book. You can actually see what the scroll looked like before he ate it. And he does eat it. Uh, back to Serapis. See, there's a point to all this. B- back to Serapis, who, remember, is an androgynous being. Uh, he tries to teach Eve language. <laughs> it's the funniest section in the book. Get this. They're in the Garden of Eden, and uh, Serapis is, looks at the brook, and he goes, water. And Eve goes, water. And he points <laughs> at a tree, and he goes, tree. And Eve, Eve says, tr. And he points to a big-ass rock. And Eve goes, biggest rock. And Serapis <laughs> says, no, no, big ass rock. And Eve goes, no, biggest rock. And Serapis <laughs> says, big. 
Eve goes, big. Oh, my Lord. And Eve says, Onilar, big ass, big ass. And she doesn't know what he's talking about. So she goes over to the rock and she starts hugging it. And um, she's got her buns up and she's kneeling against the rock. So Seraphis thinks, what the hell, goes up and impregnates Eve. So Serapis, nice. Serapis is the father of Cain. You know what you can say? Hmm. That's Serapis. Oh, say it again because you got cut off. That's Serapis. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, so so um, Namo eats the scroll, and he's transported to Earth 65 million years B.C., uh, Mithras's family leads the first Atlantean worker revolt. Uh, so the, the, the children are, are trying to break the, the ties with the father. They don't like the way he's doing things. Uh, one of uh, Mithras's sons hurls himself into the pit of Tartarus. And then in the aftermath of this revolt, Cronus, one of Mithras's children, uh, is now in a sexual relationship with his half sister, Rhea. And they're visited nice. by the the dwarf king again, uh, or um, Gob, and uh, he scolds him for authorizing the building of the pyramids. So they part enemies, and then back in 65 million BC, these a trio of these strange melty creatures unlock Namo's Vril power. Google this: Nazi Germany Vril power. Google it because this is all pulled from our mythology. And I'll end it there because I don't want to give away the second half of the book and Chris will thank me for it. <laughs> but see, so the heaviness and the complexity of this narrative is almost leavened by lowbrow humor. And Jesse himself said he, he was really amazed at how rude some of this book is. I mean, the characters will say, fuck shit, dick balls, that blows, you know, and, and supposedly when you know the time frame the book is taking place in, I don't think a lot of those words were even invented yet, but they're saying yeah, them nice. nonetheless. So he he wanted to to kind of thin the the dense density of the narrative with some humor. But there's you know you have contemporary street talk and you got this prop, pop culture bric-a-brac just loaded in here. Thank you. You're welcome. So when you when you boil it all down, the the book is just a a stew of mythology. There, there's psychedelica, magic, the Kabbalah's in here. You have the Judeo-Christian beliefs, Masonic lore, Norse mythology, Persian, Zorat, Zoroastrianism's in here. Grief, African, Roman, Hebrew, uh, the, the Dogon tribe of Mali. You have the Canaanite mythologies. And, and they're all mixing to form the legends or, or the, the, the history of this fictional universe, which in turn, gives rise to the consciousness of the people. Now, this is what Jesse said in, in the email, and I'll cap it off with this, because it's best to leave with the uh, a little bit of data directly from the source instead of just what we think about all this stuff. I said to him, I think it's brilliant that in your choice of the people uh, of this fictitious planet and all of the like the entities and the forces and the events which impact this the consciousness of the same. You've created a cast of characters called from our real world melting pot of mythology. And I went through the whole thing and I said, so where did this story come from? What the hell was the catalyst for this book? Like, do, do you just sit back and say, well, I'm going to chronicle the, the journey of, of the, 
consciousness of these people over a series over millennia and, and he said I don't know if there was a single catalyst I know I got pretty amped to do a webcomic after a long conversation with Dash Shaw who I compared him to last week about nice. the potential of serializing on the web I was already pretty steeped in world myth research and Joseph Campbell worship so all those ideas were coming together at the same time it seemed like the logical thing to do I had also been deeply inspired by Tolkien's Silmarillion. And nice. I got to tell you, this, this book is uh, much easier to read than the Silmarillion. And, uh, <laughs> that, it is, you're right. That is or, yeah, uh, fucking tough slog through that book. And, and C.S. Lewis's Paralandra. And I wanted to do a sci-fi story on that scale. At the same time, it was a good excuse for me to get a deeper understanding of occult mystery traditions and how that stuff relates to my own personal quest for meaning. So in the beginning, forming took on this twofold, twofold purpose of expressing my new narrative slash art direction, as well as giving me an excuse to delve deeper into some things I was pretty curious about. It's funny to me how rude it came out. And it's true. It, it is pretty there's parts that are pretty foul but like i said last week jumped to the top of my list in contenders for best ogn for 2011 and next year's uh 11 o'clockers it is astounding it uh, the the art is gorgeous it, it has a loose kind of conversational tone to it the colors are brilliant and and there is not a stitch of computer-assisted work in this book. Everything looks hand-colored with markers and maybe watercolor. The, the, the line is free and flowing and like, like Dashaw's. It's just a matter of fact kind of illustration. There's no noodling at all. He, he puts on the page what he wants and, or what he thinks the uh, scene needs and nothing more. And it's just an ungodly piece of work. It came out today in better comic shops but if you your comic shop doesn't have it jump on over to the ad house site and order a damn copy it is friggin worth it i i will not stop harping at how beautiful this book is because well, ad house does nice work so yes they do. kudos to chris pitzer and no brow and mr neesman for letting me flow such as uh, it was yeah. you know it, it's um i can't wait to hear you talk about century 1969 I know I, I was about to read it, but I didn't want to dilute this experience with that one because it's. It, I'm assuming it's going to be an equally or somewhat equally potent experience, so I didn't want to oh, lessen yeah. the impact of this by reading that. So yeah. I did look Even through though, it, and it's it's so very. Apparently, pretty. I found out on Twitter that Ron Salas was upset because I I spoiled it for him. So Ron, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out if Kieran Gillen was talking about us today on Twitter. Yeah, how about that? I doubt it. Why? What did he say? What did he say? He said there's a show that he podcast that he listens to one out of every three shows, and every time he does, he gets pissed. And oh, I said, <laughs> "What did I? What did I say? What did you say? I blame Neesman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but a bunch of podcasts were like, "Oh, is it our show?" And he kept saying, "No, no, it's not your show." And then he finally tweeted, "Listen, I'm going to stop saying it's." I'm going to stop telling you people it's not your show because chances are at this point it's the next person asked me it's going to be their show. So <laughs> I just responded to him and uh, who was he chatting with at the time? Was it uh, was it Ron or Josh or I think it, maybe it was Ron. But yeah, 
I just tweeted back like, oh, I, I just assume anytime a, a creator's complaining about a show they're talking about, us, it gets, it, I said it makes it easier to handle if we just assume that they're it's talking true. about us. It's true. But you know what? I learned a very valuable lesson from someone on Twitter. I forget what it was. It was one of those accounts that just, they don't really have any communication. They just, they just spit out these, um, like, deep thoughts for the day or, or you know, those kind of okay, accounts. Kind of, yeah. And it, and I, I think they said, uh, tweet like nobody's reading. And I transfer, and I transferred <laughs> that. No, I transferred that to artwork. Like I want to draw like nobody's going to view it. I want to draw yes. for me. So we should podcast like no yeah, one listens. Oh, we were. I thought we I was, say, don't, Dan, Isn't that what we do? <laughs> remember, dance like no one's watching. I know. <laughs> what is that from? It doesn't I, matter. It doesn't, it doesn't really. It's like Jesus. It doesn't matter. It's just the thought that matters, right? Dude, all I gotta say is, and I saw the commercial, for, uh, the uh, preview for the Footloose remake. It's gonna be hot. Oh, oh dude, good I god! Think remake dirty fucking dance. It's gonna be the heat. Nobody puts a baby in the corner. Oh, god. oh, um, are you guys gonna go oh. see? Uh, Nobody puts Daffy in the corner. You know, I, I I hate like hell to see good movies remade, but that actually looks pretty good. It does. Yeah, it does, I it love like, I love the original. It, it's love the original. I can't front. It does look good. It, I'm I telling mean, you, I, this it, weekend, it, go ahead. It'd be nice to see Colin Farrell in something decent. And uh, yeah, <laughs> and 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 uh, it's, uh, since I just finished the uh, the the Tenant era of of Who, I'd like to see him something. Uh, in a different role, so I, I am interested in seeing it. I probably What's Harry Potter. Um, yeah, we'll see. I'm I'm about probably four or five behind in movies with, with Harry Potter. So yeah, he he pop, he pops up in the Harry Potter. Oh, speaking of movies, um, I actually <laughs> this sounds so bad. I went and saw the the first superhero movie. Actually, the first movie I've gone to the movie theater to watch since I think Watchmen. Was the last time I went to the movie theater? Man, that was last oh, year. Oh. I we just don't go to the movies that often. Wait, wait, uh, the last one we saw was Iron Man. But go on. Yeah, I mean, so you know, people can't believe that, but it's, yeah, I, I just don't go to the movie theaters that often. Um, uh, saw Cap. Nice. What'd you think? I loved every second of <laughs> yes! it. Yes. Well, good for you. Yes. It was. So, I. I literally, and you know me, I'm Mr. Hyperbole, but <laughs> no, ser- seriously, yeah, keep it real. Couldn't, <laughs> couldn't think of any way for them to do it, it different or or better than than what they did. It was it was everything that I wanted out of a Captain America uh, Captain America movie. It was it was set in World War Two. It was cast well. The effects were great. The acting was was really solid in it. It was an interesting and engaging plot. It was still comic booky. It didn't take itself too seriously, but it was a good movie. That's what I heard. I, I, I loved it. It was so good, and they walked that very very thin line of tying it together with all of the other Marvel property movies that are coming out. And this really is a, a, it's, it's the prelude to the Avengers. I mean, this is, this is kind of, you know, not saying it's on the scale, but this was like the Hobbit to, uh, <laughs> to, to the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it, 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 
it, it's I mean this this is the it's and I'm just saying that it's the it's the prelude to to the 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 big ensemble story that's coming. So um, you don't have to watch this to you know probably don't have to watch this to get into the Avengers. But this was really the one that that tied it all together. It took parts of Thor. It had great um, uh, great nods to Iron Man. Howard Stark is a big time character. <laughs> that's awesome. You're right about that. Yeah, God so, I mean, knows Stanley Tucci. Uh, oh, and Stanley Tucci was fantastic. He was so he was. good. How could he not be? <laughs> it's you know the, the cat. You know the where cat. he was good at? He was good as the dad in Easy A. Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that yet? Okay, cool. Yeah, he was great. That was really oh, Emma Stone's my girl, dude. Yeah, she's. Um, have you seen? Isn't she in a romantic comedy? Um, uh, like, yeah, well, crazy that, stupid lover. Some of the new Steve. Yeah, yeah we saw. I, uh, I saw it last uh, this past Friday with my with Beth with uh, on our date night. Yeah, does she oh, get naked? A... Beth or Emma Stone? Uh, um, no, not really. But um, I will say that uh, that uh, Ryan Gosling is he he's he needs to keep his fucking shirt on. Is what he needs to do. <laughs> is he hairy? The rest of us. No, right. he set a fucking bad example for the rest of us. Oh. <laughs> uh, Oh, is that the scene where where he she says, "Really, you look like you're photoshopped." Yeah, it's uh, he, okay. she ain't lying. The dude takes the shirt off, and my wife's like, "You can hear like the you can hear like every woman in the room like both you can hear at the simultaneous." Oh, it, it's take it a was, breath. The breath going out of their lungs and they're and they're and getting they're all juicy at the same time. You, so he's, you, like, he's, he's like he's like a thinner uh, he's like a thinner Chris Evans. Uh, well, a little bit more cut. Yeah, like an eight pack. All right, like, we don't need to talk. We stop talking uh, yeah. about this. this oh, speaking of comic the, books, you can't talk about the, me fucking anatomy. Come on, the, not being the, cut. The, <laughs> the CGI that they did in Cat for Chris Evans was. I mean, they seriously turned him from a ninety pound, a ninety eight pound weakling <laughs> into an Adonis. It was amazing. Uh, like Cap says, it's pretty much like it's like it's like DJ Squall's body with with, with yep. Chris yeah. Evans. You said that last week, and I was like, that's yeah. perfect. Yeah. But it but it worked. It worked, and it was I I abs- I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. It was, it was yeah. dope, right? And yeah. I loved how they alluded to the cosmic cube as being tied to Asgard, which yep. Tied back into the Thor movie, it was just great. It was yeah. Now Sal Sal told me about uh, a little Easter egg that I totally missed because it was a big eye candy scene. But the uh, shut up. Spoilers. Uh, there was a um, uh, the the World's Fair where the oh, the, the whole thing, the Human Torch Easter egg totally missed it. Nice. Yeah, totally. So I'm um, just give me a give me an excuse to go watch it again. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to theater this week to see Rise of the Planet of the Ape. That Dude, I, I heard it was awesome. That Me too. Hearing really good stuff about it. Now, what's interesting is because, see, I, I was wondering if you, like, hardcore Apes fans like Vince w- would not want to see it because it seems like it's a pretty big departure, departure from the, yeah. you know. Oh, but, I don't care uh, as long as it's well done. Yeah, I was going to say, as someone who is I know here comes the the geek seemingly every week I say something that makes some kind of geek rise up and effort um, I am not a fan of the original movies at all uh, mm. I, I, not even the first one we won't hold that again oh, I, I mean and again I'm not I totally understand the appeal and I don't this isn't like I'm not going to pull a Doctor Who here and just rip it or anything but but I have tried to watch them like each of them several times in my life at different stages of my life and I've just just been just bored to tears so I've I've moved on but but this this one looks really good. <laughs> 
I've moved on. Yeah. Oh, the, I mean the, the the first one. First one is awesome. And Sec- second second one's one? better. Um, which one's second? It's beneath. Uh, beneath? Okay. Yeah. And then there's what? Return. See, yeah, that's the no. thing. Aside, <laughs> no, from, aside no. from the aside from the oh shit moment of the first movie, I can't tell you what any of the other sequels have. I, I can't tell you any of the plots with any. I I, I know that. Um, I remember one scene where. Uh, see, I, I can't even tell you that. It, it, all, all the apes are like in a city, and and there are other humans around. Like it's almost like it's a modern day setting, and it's the, just. But yeah, dude, the second one racist. is the se- <laughs> I am. I am. I know. Second one is the bomb. The race. The radiation scarred mutants yeah. with the bomb. That's the second one. The third one is escape. If it ain't got Marky Mark, uh, it don't count. The the fourth one is conquest, and the last one was battle. Okay. <laughs> if, it, if it got Marky Mark, it don't count. That's awesome. <laughs> Someone caught it. Thanks, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, oh, I heard that, it. that was an abomination. I don't know what Tim Burton it was, was thinking. It was fucking sad, dude. The, the only thing, yeah, from, the only redeeming quality about that was good, Paul Giamatti. No, Estella, oh, Estella say, Warren. I loves me some Marky Mark, but that was not a good look. Yeah. <laughs> Stella Warren, baby. Oh, uh, my, my, my. Too funny. Too funny. All right, well, more actually, comics. Well, see, I, I would love. I, I haven't like I, I said earlier. I mean, we haven't. I think Iron Man may have been the last movie we saw. Renee's actually gonna go to the movies Friday. She and her girlfriend are gonna go see the Hell. See the Hell. I'll, I'll be home. Oh uh, yeah, my, my wife's gonna no, see that this Friday with her girlfriend. They, they absolutely love the book. Renee sent the book to her mother. Another Emma Stone um, movie, and it's like mm. yeah, and it's so so she's gonna see an Emma Stone movie before I will, and um. Yeah, Mar- Marta saw the preview for that, and she's just like, they're they're previewing that way different because that is not a comedy. Uh, but, no, it kind of is. I mean, yeah. Renee sent the book to her mom, and and she just was like devouring the chapters, and 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 she just and and she was pissed when she got to the end of it because she wanted more, and it was just it, it's a book that you can't. Yeah. But but then it, when you get to the end of it, it's like. I, I I wish I still had some to read, and and I don't know from what Renee's telling me. The uh, just going by the previews, it looks like it's pretty faithful to the book. So I'm I'm interested. Yeah, to- I was gonna say. I mean, um, same thing. We saw that because we were at the Crazy Stupid Love. They showed the preview, and I said, that, "Yeah, I was like, oh, you read that right to my to my wife," and she was like, "Not only did I, because she reads. I would say she probably reads two books a week. She she reads a lot." Wow. And I was like, "Oh, okay. I said you read that right," and she's like. It, it not only did I read it's like it's it's one of the best books I've read in years. I was like, really? She's like, oh, it was so good. I said, oh, okay, that's cool. So yeah, I mean, it's kind of really gonna do pretty well with the ladies. Yeah, the ladies. All the single ladies. All the single ladies. That's actually a good song. I like that. that, that that'll be uh, the ladies. Then then the uh, then the Steve Harvey adapted movie on from his book starring Chris Brown, where he's supposed to be suave with the ladies. It's called Slap a Bitch. I should be, uh, it should, but it's not. All right, let's let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. Oh, I, got, I got one more. We've talked about two number one issues so far. We we talked about Rachel Rising, which you know was we talked about detail and the infinite. There's one oh, more. Please, number- please talk about this. Please talk about the book that I'm thinking of. No, it's probably Go. not what you're thinking of because I think it's something that's already been talked about. Maybe like. A week ago, by most folk, but I I got around to reading it uh, yesterday, which is it count uh, if it hasn't been talked about by us. It's true. Oh you, I think you might have talked about it at Marvel Noise, but I just haven't listened to it yet, I'm guessing. But Daredevil number one? Dude, Chris talked about that already. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. No, Chris did. That, 
That's good shit. That was my pick of the week a couple weeks ago. That I was. Have to that call was, it that's, shit, David. It's, fir- it's first time in a long time I've I've. And this sounds terrible. First time in a long time I've sat down and read a Marvel book, and when I was done, I was like happy. Oh my god! <laughs> like, like, and like, it's, it's so weird being happy about a Daredevil yeah. book. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's like, not, no, and, and not to say that I haven't sat down and read Marvel books that I. I didn't like because you know there there are a lot of Marvel books I I like but very rarely do I do I put it down and feel like you know birds are chirping the sun is shining and you know I should you know like life is good and this was such a refreshing just blast of cool air coming from from of all places Daredevil. I do recall you saying all that, yes. Yes. I'll <laughs> shut up now. Because <laughs> I'm dying to hear Jason's thoughts. No, no, no. Look, I, I first of all, I got to say, the, the book is absolutely gorgeous. Um, I mean, Paolo Rivera, is, and, and again, I'm not, I'm treading old water here. You guys have already talked about this, but Paolo Rivera just crushed this book. I mean, it's a beautiful book to look at, but it, it, and it, it's colored perfectly. It's, it's, there's, he plays with a lot of different, uh, a lot of different styles, a lot of different aesthetics. It's it's not the. I mean, each page really doesn't look the same. There's like there's pop art pages. There's uh, you know there's there's landscapes. There's uh, very much uh, symbolic looking scenes that you know they're, they're sort of subjective. There's there's uh, so really really like he definitely had a field day with this. You could see that and did a great job with it. I love the way, love love loved the way he portrayed the way that Matt Murdock. Interprets the world, yes. You know, with the, like, yes, with like the pink, with like the hot pink lines, like yes. framing everything and stuff. I thought that was awesome. I, you know, because obviously, his being blind, lots of different artists have taken the way that that would be interpreted in a lot of different ways, and I thought that was great. Um, so artistically, I loved it. Like it's, in, in fact, I'm looking through it again here and now, and I'm just it, the pages are beautiful. But uh, having heard Chris and you and a bunch of other guys on the internet and, and on some other podcasts rave about this book. Um, I, I thought the story was boring as a motherfucker. I really yeah, did. I thought it, I, I nothing happens. Like Actually, I, you know what? wait, you know what? You're, 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 I, I think, I mean, you're right. Absolutely. The, the first story is gorgeous when it comes to, if I can recall the first, the first story or the second, I think the second story by, by Wade and Martin blows away the first story because I can remember Matt right. and Foggy walking through the city and, and Matt picking up on things and, and I mean I, I can I can remember that story a lot better I remember the end of the first story with with with, uh, with something familiar coming at Daredevil but you're right you're right after after the spot I can remember the, the rest of that first story well and I'll tell you like I know that one of the reasons that this book's getting praised so much is that it's uh, a lighter-hearted interpretation of Daredevil, which is cool. Like I'm, I'm with y'all. Like it's, it's, it's about time that they flip the script a little bit. I mean, he had gotten to a point where it was like, okay, how much, how much lower can he go? So I get all that, but I feel like I've read, at least in my worldview, I feel like I've read the vast majority of Daredevil's comics, like ever, and like I don't, like there's a difference between it being so morose and depressing that you want to shoot yourself versus what this book was, which was like, I mean, his fighting the spot was cool, but then it's like, you know, handing off the little ring bearer girl, uh, the little flower girl to the 
groom oh. and then leaning down and kissing the bride. It's like that's like pure slapstick, yo. And and since when is what's that? What Vince? No, no, I'm sorry. I thought you got cut off. Go ahead. No, no, no. no. Slapstick. I mean, it... Daredevil handing the flower girl to the groom and leaning in and giving the bride at a wedding. Yep. I think we lost him. Was, we lose him? Yeah, I think we... It's no, just, he's... There he is. It's just... It's... Yeah. Yeah. yeah I guess I'm fading in and out. But, but it, isn't that the kind of... You know, Nightcrawler-esque, Errol Flynn-type Walker, behavior. Right. That, I, yeah, I, I would like to okay, see that. Okay, but even Nightcrawler, cool, Spidey, I could get with. I could get if Peter did that. But Daredevil, that's not Daredevil. Like, that's a that's, complete... Exactly. Yes, it is. No, it that, is. That, exactly. It's not Daredevil, and that's why it's so refreshing, no, right? it is Daredevil. No, I, I, I'm what with Chris. you like. Yeah, yeah. Dude, right. Well, no, I meant that, that that's, that's not the modern interpretation of right. Daredevil. Right, years ago, maybe, dude. Yeah, that's so? why it's so so cool. It's that's I mean, I mean, yeah, okay. I'm feeling it. Well, I mean, these these are all characters that are like forty fucking years yeah. old. There we go. What what what? <laughs> what? Keep going. No, keep going. Long. You're building ahead of steam. No, going through the year one stuff. We've gone through the the Karen yeah. has aged and died stuff. Now it's 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 okay to be a little. We can get back to that later. But, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm cool, with, especially after Shadowland. I'm cool with maybe just taking it down. What's an wrong? What uh, people have I'm been? I'm fine with taking it down. I'm not, not fine with corny corn po and let me kiss the bride and he gets snapped on the bed. Like to me, that was like <laughs> it went it went from being. Again, there's a difference between going from let's make him suicidal every week, which is hard to read, to let's make him... Uh, the, the thing about Daredevil, the reason he was always a, a poor-selling book until Frank Miller took over, is that people perceived him to be, in many ways, uh, another analog of Spider-Man, but not as cool. I mean, that was always yeah, the knock on he him. He was just another he, New York adventurer who didn't have the powers of Spidey, didn't have the backstory, and it's like we're right back to that version of Batman. Give, give the boy his room. Um, yeah, I'm saying we're right back to that. It's like, okay... Now all of a sudden, Matt Murdock went from you know, serious as a heart attack dude to a guy that's going to be kissing a bride it's for a laugh. Like, nah, I don't. I'm out. Well, one and done. Son. One and done. <laughs> people have been people have been rewriting Frank Miller's Daredevil for 25 years. What is wrong with going back and revisiting the Stan Lee Gene Colan era Daredevil? Because if you tried to read a Stanley Gene Colan era Daredevil right now, you'd be like, "This is corny, yo." Well, yeah, but what did we say about One More Day? Oh, it's so good to get Spider-Man back. All, all I got to is it reinforces to me why it's seemingly Mark Wade is beloved by almost everybody, but I've never really vibed with him. He he is he's like stuck in time. It's like he it's like he found a time machine and jumped uh, jumped from <laughs> from twenty years ago to now. Write stories from twenty years ago, like this that. from the guy. This and, and, from again, guy that, that was, that was, that was throwing roots at Mister Nineties earlier at the show. Oh damn! Oh, that, that ain't but, right, Chris. That's not right. Hot, <laughs> this is kettle. You're black. He's not apologizing for that though. That, that's my point. Like, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's great that if you if you go, it's like obviously lots of people are liking it. That's awesome. But all I'm saying is, for me, I was just like, ah. Eh. I'm like, been there, See, done that. He's stuck I got, in the time. I get, it, I get, it, I get an essential the time that if you I want. want to start a story, I'll read the essential. Like, I don't... That's all. 
<laughs> there, there, believe me, there's lots of quarter boxes out there to to fill your fill your '90s want list as well. It's, I mean, it's a taste thing. It's, it is. It is. It's just he. You say he's stuck in time. It's just not the time that you want him to be stuck in. I just don't. I've never. I've never thought of Daredevil as a guy that that's corny. And, and in this book, he was corny. I like the corniness. You know, God, cool. it's, right. it's, uh, look, you're not alone. Yeah. Lots of people are, I mean, I would say this is probably one of the most praised Marvel books in a long time. Like a well, you, I mean, it, it, you've, probably, you've probably read all the Daredevil stuff from about the time that, that Bendis was writing forward, right? At least. Probably the, the Kevin Smith I, stuff. I, it, honestly, I think I've read almost every Daredevil issue ever written from the first okay. one on. Yeah. Okay. Would, okay. If, if, if I've missed some, it's, it's, it's not by, by design. Okay, but I mean, weren't you just tired? Weren't you just exhausted? Yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Which is why, like the Andy Diggle, he, you know, they, they, I'm convinced they put Andy on the book to, to like put the, the nail in that coffin, like that. <laughs> like they said, all right, you take it over the top. But, but I just feel like this, this went too far to the other side. Like, um, and maybe this is a case of my having read it after hearing so much about it. That maybe it, it colored what I was expecting of it, and then it was like a lot. Even I was expecting it to be lighthearted, but I wasn't expecting it to be almost slapstick, and that's the way it came across to me reading it. So then I was sort of like, oh, like I was well, looking for it to be lighthearted, but I didn't want it to be slapstick, and I felt like it isn't. You know, it, isn't that how the man without fear should ask? You know, should act if he's if he he really is. You know, without fear, wouldn't he be? you know, go lucky like that is the way I look at it, you know. And the other thing is, you know, whenever Marvel talked about the heroic age and, and bringing the heroes back into the light, this is what I was expecting. This is what yeah, I, this is exactly what I wanted, is, is superheroes being heroic and, and being, you know, lamp posts again. And it's... Yeah, I mean, this yeah, is... no, and I'm with you there. Like, I'm all for him having like adventures in the daylight. And I think that was the best part of the book was that Paolo got to draw. They got they remembered that the dude actually is awake in the daytime, which is awesome. He's not yeah. a vampire, right? Right. But but again, it's to me, and and again, it's clearly a personal aesthetic. M- many many more people seem to have enjoyed the issue than than didn't. didn't. I'm in the minority mm-hmm. here, but but for me, I think there's a big difference between that and making the dude like hand off in one fell swoop the the flower girl and then lean in to kiss the mob boss's bride to be like i like that's where i was like really like that's like something i expect to see like when i'm at my dad's house for a holiday it's got a jerry lewis movie on it's like (laughs) i don't know that's not matt murdoch it's jerry lewis but you know hey to each his own that was that was that was matt murdoch or daredevil showing off that he has huge old mega wumba brass balls and I loved it. Loved yeah, every second. But, you know, there you don't make the mob boss's daughter at her wedding, and she loved it. And I thought that was awesome. That may, you know, it it worked. I mean, it does work into the story. But make no mistake, that was a statement by the creative team telling the readers that this is not the Daredevil you've read for the past twenty years. Yeah. yeah. And and as such, it was hugely effective. I mean, that's the scene everybody talks about. From from that, hey, like, I, oh my god! Had, look what look what Jason's talking about. I, you know, I, I mean, for that than him visiting his now crazy wife, his now crazy blind wife in the you know psychiatric ward, or holding Karen when she dies of the bullet yeah. AIDS from yeah. in the church. You know, just like <laughs> bullet AIDS. 
yeah. it's sad, I mean, man. It's, I don't even. I, it's. I mean, maybe I don't know. I guess it's not a testament to Wade then, because the the, the thing that I remember most, especially from that first story, was um, Rivera's rendition of Matt of Daredevil seeing the spot. I, I just that was off the way. I mean, yeah, just just seeing the spot come out of the ground like that, but then you know, seeing that he's like diseased with that dimensional issue, and and it's just, but just seeing that, like like Jason said, with 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 the pink, and it just it was it was freaky. But, and, and you got to ask yourself, why did Wade use the spot? Because he's a fun villain. Yeah, you if know, I, he, I, it's not it's not Daredevil number one with the kingpin. It's the spot. Yeah. You know? If I don't see Kingpin or Bullseye for five years in a Daredevil comic, I'll I will be over the moon happy. Yeah, but you can't knock Jason for not liking it. I mean, that's just no, he just no, he, I don't know. You know, he he no. he just uh, what I'm assuming is he didn't dislike the presentation. He just didn't think it was very much in the character he wanted to read. No, he's got he's got. Did Absolutely he go? Every right. To, uh, no, I'm here. I'm here. I'm just trying to stay quiet. Yeah, I, I, like, I like how we're talking about him. I'm not here. No. Any of us has absolutely every right to like or not like anything that he reads. I'm, I'm just, for for discussion's sake, disagreeing with him. You know. I, yeah. I no. And, and again, I was hesitant to bring it up only because again, I'm I'm the first person at least I've heard not care for this particular issue. I. I mean, I know you guys loved, loved it. I know that uh, Ron and the uh, Fanboy guys, I think it was their pick of the week. Like, I, I know that it was, uh, I've heard a couple other shows that have gushed about it. So I, I clearly am just not connecting. And I, and I honestly think it's a Wade thing. I don't, um, I mean, I, I've had personal interactions with the guy. Like, he's a great guy. And, and I've, but I, for some reason, outside of, you know, some, a couple things like the FF and stuff, like, I, I generally don't seem to be as, as, like, it seems like he's one of those guys that for a lot of people, the very notion that he's writing a book makes people giddy about it. Like they're like, I'm on that. It's a Mark Wade book. And for me, I would say at least two thirds of the time, his his way of writing comics doesn't appeal to me. He he is the ultimate comic book fan turned comic book writer. I mean, that's for, for, yeah, for yeah. A while. And I, right, I got a fair characterization, but I don't know that that's a fair way to say that's why I don't like him. Only because again, there are other guys that fit that bill too, like Jeff Johns and, and the like. And I've certainly liked a lot more of Jeff Johns stuff than I haven't liked. So I just, for some reason, I think it's the. I do think it's probably the the intention. I think Wade intentionally tries to keep that that Bronze Age aesthetic in his writing and. uh in certain instances, like with the FF, I, I loved it because it was evocative of like, maybe at the time when I really fell in love with the book in the first place. But in other cases, I feel like it just makes it feel really dated and contrived to me. Um, and again, that's my own bias. But I'm just saying, like, I know that when I say, when I, as I'm, I'm talking about this, I'm thinking of all the different books that I've read of Wade's, and I'm thinking, like, didn't like that, didn't like that, didn't really. Like so, yeah, I mean, I just, I guess maybe I'm just not yeah. as, as big a Mark Wade fan as most people are. I don't know. Yeah, I you know I think of him as kind of a, a modern Silver Age writer. I mean, he obviously loves yeah, the yeah. Silver Age, you know, so much. He, not a Kingdom Come fan. No, I like I like Kingdom Come quite a bit. Okay, that's, so no, that's what I'm saying. Like, there, it's not. He's not like a guy that I'm like, oh, I don't like his stuff. I mean, I I I thought the FF run was great. I, I like Kingdom Come. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it just, but but uh, but I think though he, I don't have that sort of universal love for him. 
He's not okay. a guy where when he's writing something, I'm like, I'm on that. You know, it's sort of like, okay, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I described him as a, you know, a, a baseball comparison that he's a he's a 300 hitter with marginal power. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> he, he's he's a, he's a guy who's incredibly consistent, but yeah. isn't a guy that you run to the box score to see if he, right? You know, like you know, that, yeah. hit, hit a home run last night. So, mm-hmm. so there you go. Don't want to be yeah. a down. That's all she wrote, fellas. What? Ten fifty-three. Yeah. Well, mean, by the by the time we do the in your travels, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. That's another twenty minutes. This episode, you got to do what to do. This episode not, not of if, not, if we, not if we don't do like five in your travels a piece, Vince. Don't be a downer, Neesman. This episode of 11 O'Clock Comics has been brought to you by who? Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com. Ridiculously low prices on your favorite comic books and collectibles. Delivered right to your door by a costume custodian of the United Parcel Service. Yay. In your tra- DCBService.com. In your travels. I'm going to make Neesman mad, but I don't care because I really enjoy this book. It plays to all of the, uh, well, let's be honest. It plays to the lowbrow aesthetic I love so much. <laughs> it's tarot, Witch of the Black Rose. I've, oh, I've, I've really, Christ. no, I've really <laughs> been enjoying this book lately. Oh, oh, dude. No, I like it a lot. Uh, Balan, oh. he's good at what he draws, and what he does is very pretty top heavy women um there in in this arc um he has uh his characters pitting themselves against uh loki the norse god and um one of the characters raven you've probably seen her she's the real pale dark haired chick with the spikes and everything oh yeah she's 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 fighting loki and she's unleashing this energy from her hands no listen sister thong no, she's, she's re- releasing all this energy from her hand, so there's a huge light source in front of her, and the shot, it, he draws shadows from her nipples. Like her nipples are casting shadows on her, on her chest. No, it's really neat. And, and he, he's got this other character, the mistress. I think she's called the mistress of, the goddess of the underworld, and she has a costume kind of like Satana. You know, it's split at the neck, and it goes just around the boob, and then it joins down by the waist, but unlike satana like her nipples just peek out of it it's it's damn good and you know jolner's in it all the norse mythology but it's tarot and it's sexy and it's hot and the guy's making a living from it i like the book i, I always, think it's, I always wonder how that book stays in print and I, and now yeah, obviously now he's got a lot no he's got uh, he's got a, a devoted following uh because he, he what those people were like he somehow no. managed to rope in every week like this Wiccan uh, contingent, like he actually publishes uh, people's well, because of his wife, yeah, yeah. He he'll publish like people's uh, spells and stuff, and and every issue he'll have the broadsword girl where, where like a fan can send in their photograph and they publish it in the mag. Like he speaks to the fans. He's not just doing a comic and that's all you get. There's back pages with you know uh, recipes and some of the issues. It's really strange concoction, but. It seems to click with a lot of people. I like the book. I think Balint's pretty good. Or is it Balint? Is it Balint or Balint? I think it's Jim Balint, yeah. Balint, yeah. I like it a lot. Tarot, Witch of the Black Rose. I do like it. 
I'm not kidding. I'm not just saying that to piss you off. I like it a lot. All right. Uh, uh, in your travels, and this is uh, something I want to talk about a little bit more on this episode, so maybe I'll save the in-depth to, uh, to next week. But uh, probably, no, not probably, my favorite new writer uh, over the last year or so is, without a doubt, Scott Snyder. His stuff mm-hmm. that, that he's doing at, at DC is, is some of my favorite stuff that's coming out of that company right now. And if you're not reading Detective Comics and you are a Batman fan, you are really missing out. Uh, this last issue, 880, without a doubt, the um, will be my, um, w- you know, barring unforeseen awesomeness, will be my best cover of of the year. It's the 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 one of Joker, um, and most of his his face is made yeah. of uh, fluttering bats. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's, nice cover, it, yeah. Oh my God, Josh! It's Johnson, just, right? Oh, it's Jock, no, really? Jock, Josh, Josh, Josh. Nice. Yeah. So Jock did the cover and uh, and the interiors and, so this and Jock's is, this is the last issue of, of Volume One. Yeah. Um. N- uh, no, there's got no. It's got to be this continued. Eight eighty one. Oh, it, really? I be, thought this. Yeah, it's to be continued because it was oh, on a okay. that that brings everything full circle. The uh, uh, Francisco Francavilla story Ooh. that that Snyder wrote and the the stuff that he's done with. Uh, with Jock is now kind of dovetailing together, and so the uh, uh, I'm not going to give away um, the the major plot point, but this is a a Joker Batman story with uh, with a big twist at the end, and I'm absolutely absolutely loving his detective stuff. But he also, that being Scott Snyder, has a creator own book that came out from Image. It's the only book. That he's uh, that he's working on that's not at DC and it's called Severed. I believe it is a miniseries. It doesn't say one of, but uh, um, it, it sets up as kind of a, a miniseries or extended miniseries. And uh, really, really enjoyed the first issue. It is uh, um, a, a period piece about. Uh, um, a uh, very talented boy who runs away from home and uh, runs into a uh, horrific uh, nightmare situation, and uh, um, it's told all in flashback. But uh, is uh, if you like uh, depression era America and uh, and the supernatural, you should check out Severed. Hmm. It's Speaking really of Batman good. covers, did you see? I think it was on Newsarama. They published uh, a bunch of upcoming upcoming covers from from the third issue of all the Bat books that are, that are coming out. Capullo's Batman cover. Oh my God, it's it's fantastic. I don't know who it is, but it's somebody with knives, and they're stabbing Batman in the back, and they're fighting. It's just the the the, the composition, the drawing. It's like a f- phenomenal cover. So is it, is it safe to say from? From here until for a while, that uh, every episode will will be mentioning Capullo. Well, <laughs> once shit, once that Batman comes out, yeah, because I'm I'm on board with that, and yeah, it's I mean, written it's by Scott it. Snyder. It's Snyder's writing it. There you go. I'll, I'll, I'll give it then. Yeah. Perfect time. Right. Breaking up, David. Uh, I will see my 
my pick last week, if um, I was here, uh, was going to be Star Wars, Star Jedi. Since I already talked about that, my actual pick for this week is um, is a new series by Oni. Uh, first issue was their free comic book day offering this year. Uh, it's called Spontaneous. Uh, I read the, the first issue and and the uh, and the second issue. It's written by Joe Harris, artist by uh, Brett Weldell. It's uh, W E L Weldley. Thank you. Okay. Well, he's who's done uh, he did the surrogates. He's done uh, a few things for um, the, the Ultimate Universe Marvel. He's done a couple things here and there. I'm not too familiar with his work, but um, the art in it. The art in this book really fits the story. It's, it's monochromatic, and, and, um, and it, it, it's, there's a lot of browns or some blues and, and, uh, and oranges. Spontaneous is basically uh, about uh, Melvin, who is following um, people, or is basically get, getting information, is, is doing research on people who spontaneously combust. And... Um, and he has a way of predicting who the next person is, and and he's uh, he's really it, it all goes back to an early birthday and uh, and his father, and he kind of knows who's like I said who's going to be next, and then there's Emily who shows up who's an investigative reporter. Uh, they kind of have a um, an interesting relationship, and the first issue really great setup. Uh, I was. I, Kind of hooked, but by the time I got to the end of the issue, second issue we um, we're noticing a pattern. There's a connection uh, amongst the people who are combusting, and uh, and I guess the third issue will go further into that. But um, the artist is really selling me the, uh, the the story by Joe Harris, who's also doing I think some work for Dynamite with, with Van Perella. Um It's uh, I didn't know where it was going. I wasn't sure if it was going to be kind of like in the supernatural vein, if there was going to be a uh, some sort of um, a Big Bang or, or a uh, or certain, or one particular reason why this is happening. Um, but it's, it's hard for me to say just yet without knowing more about the story. Hopefully as, uh, as I read the next couple issues, it'll, um, it will make sense. I mean, it's, it's getting there, but I'm, I, it's just one of those, one of those titles that I picked up on a whim, decided to try it for uh, for no reason other than um, other than just try something different. And, and uh, I love Oni for for publishing the Sixth Gun, so I'm I'm going to uh, give their books a chance. But this this really did. I had no expectations at all. Didn't know what to expect. I'm I'm really really happy. I'm I'm giving it a shot. So if you can, if if you want to uh, try something a little different, then. Uh, Give spontaneous a try. Nice, cool. Uh, in your travels, uh, because we are all about the pre-ordering, I got two for you. Uh, one by Dark Horse, Orchid Number One. Um, it's actually uh, created by my man Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine. Oh, and, uh, hey. I uh, I think it's pretty dope that he's uh, he's got something to say. So. It's basically, uh, I'm a huge fan of post-apocalyptic and dystopian stories. This is one. Uh, it's, Yet the, you don't like Planet of the Apes. Crazy, right? Um, uh, yeah, because I'd, I'd rather look at, uh, at, at uh, 
people in fake monkey masks than I would uh, <laughs> this particular book, which is about a really hot uh, prostitute, teenage prostitute, who uh, has a role in this post-apocalyptic society that she's about to find out about. So it sounds pretty dope, um, and there's some preview art and previews, and it looks great. Uh, and then uh, also, uh, in keeping with the way that Chris started off the show, uh, Spaceman, number one, by Vertigo, uh, DC Vertigo. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. it's Azarello and Riso's newest uh, collaboration. It's a uh, science fiction slash noir miniseries, and you can get the first issue for a buck, which I assume is probably means 50 cents on DCBS. So uh, you got no excuse but to try, people. Seriously. Word. Do it. Do it, do it. That's pretty awesome. How am I? You're awesome. great, man. Yeah, just, just in time to say goodbye. Hey, everybody. Thank you for being here with us. Man, it, it seemed like we did it for three hours tonight. Maybe because... Really? Yeah, maybe because I talked a lot. I don't know. Yeah, you talked a lot about one thing. Yeah, for both motherfucker. I, yeah, sorry, but that's how it rolls. Thank you for being here with us. We hope to see you, hear you be with us next week, and we love you, as usual. So... Check out our sponsor, DCBS, and come back and see us, hear us next week. Word to your mother. I'm freaking loaded. Say say bye-bye. Say bye-bye. Yes. And uh, Until daylight. Londoners and surrounding areas, stay safe. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Bird, and hit us up with the voicemail so we think all right. Truth. We love you. See you next I need a break of dawn, like David said.